so who here has ever seen the show uh, from Marie Kondo, Tidying Up? Anybody ever see that show? It was really a craze about a year ago or so, um, just like uh, 10 episodes or something. I think it was on Netflix. And so Marie Kondo is an organizing consultant and an author and now a TV star based on her uh, Tidying Up show. The premise of the show is she enters into your home, into your clutter. Um, you are a willing participant in this. And she, um, she helps you to organize everything. And the process is, is you pick up one item at a time, you hold it in your hands, and you decide, does this item in my hand spark joy? And if it sparks joy within you, then you keep it. And you find just the perfect place for it, organized, um, everything's organized in that way. If you're holding it in your hands and it does not spark joy, then you get rid of it. You donate it, sell it. If it's, um, you know, something that can be trashed, you trash or recycle it. And so that is the premise of the show. Does this spark joy in my hands? Well, when this first came out, I was like totally into it. I am not the most organized person um, in the world. I try to be, but I'm not. And so this, this sparked some interest within me. So I went to my linen closet. That was the first thing I was going to do. I pulled everything out. I cleaned the closet, and I decided how I wanted to put it all back in, just Marie Kondo style. And it was super wonderful. Don't look at it today, but that day, it was great. So here's a picture of my closet. It was just all, uh, you know, spick and span, nifty uh, clean, organized, and everywhere. So the next day after I did this, I came to work, and Peggy Denio, administrative assistant, she, now she, Peggy, is organized to AT. And so I was so excited to show Peggy my linen closet. And so I showed her this beautiful picture, and she looked at it, and she goes, pretty good? <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, what? <laughs> and she said, but some of the towels aren't exactly folded right. My girlfriend... That took me all day. <laughs> that was a funny moment. Those towels sparked joy in my hands. <laughs> Today is the third Sunday in Advent. It's called Godet Sunday. It's a feast Sunday in our liturgical Christian calendar year. And Godet means rejoicing in Latin. It means joy. And so we light a pink candle on our Advent wreath for this third Sunday in Advent to remind us that during this journey that we are on, this journey of Advent leading to Christmas, this journey of life, that in the midst of it, there is joy. In the midst of hard times, there is joy. Even when we cannot feel it, joy is there in the presence of Christ on this journey individually and on this journey together. Sometimes in our English language, uh, words can begin to have similar meanings. And so we think of words like joy might also mean happiness. But in this context, it does not mean the same thing. Joy cannot be created by us on our own. We cannot create it. And it goes much deeper than happiness, which happiness we know can be fleeting based on events that are happening in our life. Joy is the underpinning. It is the grounding of the good news of Jesus being very real and very present with us in all things. When we are happy, 
and when life is crushing. The good news of Jesus Christ surrounds us. It is the assurance that he's got the whole world in his hands. And that includes us as well. The whole of all creation, the myriad of universes that are out in space down to the smallest particle. The beauty of it all. The fragility of it all. He's got you. He's got me holding us no matter what. It is the undergirding of God's presence with us through it all. That is joy. So far in our sermon series, Are We There Yet? We have noted that we are on this journey together. We are not to Christmas just yet. And that is just as it is in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here, but not quite yet in full. It is here, but not quite yet in its wholeness, in its completion. Not yet. Our first week of Advent on this Are We There Yet journey, we spoke of peace and what the kingdom of God will look like when all of earth will beat our swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, when we will study the ways of peace peace of Christ. Last week, Eric spoke of hope and what it means to be mindful of being rooted in the positive vision of the future reign and rule of Christ fully in the kingdom of God, but also vigilant and according to the realities of our present moment, here and now, both in the fullness and in our brokenness. And so today, our scripture leads us to joy. Joy in the middle of Advent, in the middle of our lives where there is often not peace in the world, and when there are seemingly so many without hope. There, in the middle of it, is joy. In the midst of the broken world and in the midst of our own tender brokenness. It is there. And so hear the words of joy from Isaiah today. This is our scripture from Isaiah 35 verses 1 through 10. Isaiah writes of joy that blossoms forth in the middle of a hardened desert. Listen to Isaiah 35 1 through 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. So to those who are of a fearful heart, say, be strong and do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For the water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand 
shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water, the haunts of jackals shall become a swamp, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway will be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fool, shall go astray. No lion will be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Picture in your mind just the driest ground, desert, wilderness land you can picture. Barren, hardened, cracked. And Isaiah says, up out of that hard as nails soil, we see Israel with a gladdened heart. And from that gladdened heart springs forth rejoicing. And from that rejoicing springs forth abundance. And that very abundance is the glory of God. This is a picture for all of us. And however we have come to worship today and on any day, this is a picture of God's glory manifesting itself within us all. As we look through this scripture today, there are a couple things that really stuck out to me. I've, I want to share them with you. The first one is this. When we rejoice in the desert, the abundant life of being aware of God's presence springs forth. Becoming aware that Christ is with us no matter what, no matter what kind of soil our hearts and souls are. Becoming aware of God's presence is like that oasis in the water, of the water to quench our thirst. But the next two verses in this are my absolute favorite. Listen to the next verse. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm, feeble knees. Say to those who are feel fearful of heart, be strong and do not fear. Here is your God. I love the way that Isaiah is letting us know that joy is found in community. We experience this together as a whole body, not just for a few here and there, but we experience joy all as one community, one body of faith. But some, however, sometimes may not yet be experiencing it, and so we must share it. We share it with others to strengthen the hands of others and to make others be able to stand when their knees are shaky and weak. It does not say the scriptures to strengthen our own hands. It says to strengthen the hands of others, to help one another stand, to come along by someone else who is unable for one reason or another. And so the second thing is, when we strengthen someone's hands, we are sharing the joy of God's presence that they may not be experiencing for themselves. 
we share joy with others, the abundant blessing of God's presence when someone else is unable to do so on their own. And now is one of those times for us. Now is one of those times for us as a faith community, as a larger community of people, when some of us can share joy with others that are hurting or grieving so badly. With this tragedy of Bradley's death, so many are stricken with grief and bewilderment and questions. And our community as a whole, whether you know these dear families or not, is in shock and heartsick over what has happened. When something like this, something so horrific happens, it seems to make time stand still. Do you experience it that way? For time to stand still and everything seems like it's going in slow motion, it makes us acutely aware of the things that are precious, the things that are important, and also aware of the things that are superficial, frivolous. It's in these kind of moments in life where I wish we could just all gather up on a hill together, the whole entire world, all of us, and just sit together in stillness and silence and look one another in our faces and see the image of God in each one. To be aware of our own sacredness and holiness with the light of Christ. And it is in this very moment that some of us are able to share joy with others. There are some that are able to share the joy and to strengthen someone else's hand. Someone will need you to stand by them in order to help them stand. So my question is for us today. How are you today? Perhaps you knew Bradley or his family who was grieving. Perhaps you yourself have experienced an extreme loss of some kind. Perhaps you are feeling this time of year lonely or lost. Perhaps you are feeling like you don't matter, inconsequential to this whole deal. There are those of us here who will strengthen your hands. Those of us here that will grab hold of you and rejoice to the Lord when you cannot. Someone to remind you with or without words that God is here, that God loves you fiercely, that God feels your pain and that God is brokenhearted right alongside you. Someone who will sing praises to God when all you can just do is breathe. Someone who will pray when you cannot. Someone who will sing when you cannot. Someone who will believe for you when you cannot. This is offering joy. To one another, this strengthening of hands. When I was in high school, um, around my junior year, my father got really ill and developed colon cancer, and um, his health was failing during my senior year and uh, stopped working and was just home, hospice care. And so I went off to college. I left in early September, and my father passed away in October. And so that was a very hard year for me. I, went, I took off a week of school. I went back after a week, 
And it was all I could do to just breathe. It was all I could do to just get up on time for my 8 o'clock class, to complete my homework, to like, who cares about this work, right? Time stood still. And so one evening after orchestra rehearsal was finished, I went out in the courtyard. Our, our music school had just this beautiful open courtyard in the center of the school. And so I went out there after rehearsal. It was late. It was dark, probably 9, 9.30. And I thought no one was out there. And so it was all I could do to just sit there, and I lost it. Just wailing at the top of my lungs in grief. But I looked up, and I noticed I was not alone. There was an older trumpet player there who I did not see in the beginning of, the of the, my entrance out there. And Jim came alongside, and he, he sat next to me on the bench while I was crying and wailing and screaming. And he just sat there. He just sat there till I was done. He just looked at me. And he got up and left. He strengthened my hands just by sitting beside me. And then after that, I had dear friends in college that did the same thing, reminded me, this is due next week, you better start. Took me in, let's go out to dinner. Let's go to a movie. And then one of those same friends lost her father two months later, and I was able to strengthen her hands. Herein lies the work of Christmas. Christ incarnate, God in the flesh, making his dwelling among us, God, Emmanuel, God with us. This is the work of Christmas that we are called to. The work of Christmas that God came to truly be with us, among us. And so then as Christ followers too, that is our calling to be with one another in the flesh, sharing joy, this withness with one another. It looks like making casseroles for someone who's just not up to cooking or asking when you can help with the kids or taking on someone's laundry. It looks like sitting in silence next to someone who just needs to shed a tear. Sitting in silence and solitude alone with the Lord, praying for those that we know are grieving and hurting. It looks like sitting next to someone who needs to just cry and wail and scream and to just be with them in that moment, not offering platitudes, but just our presence. It looks like reminding them of how deeply they are loved, whether they can sense it or feel it or not, and how much God is also with them and for them. It is reminding them that the worst thing is never the last thing. The joy is coming. It's always almost around the corner, even if you cannot see that distance away. It is not denying the very real and often harsh realities of our lives, but it is acknowledging it and facing it with this underpinning of Christ's very real presence with us through it all. I love what comes next in Isaiah after joy is shared together in a community, healing takes place. Listen to Isaiah 35, 5-7. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. 
Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy, for water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground a springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp, and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. Here's number three. When we share joy, it causes healing to begin. For those of us who are not experiencing joy, for those who have hardened hearts or hearts that are cracked right open to the most tender spot, when joy is shared, healing springs forth. It comes rushing in, eyes opened, ears opened, legs that were once lame are leaping, songs pouring out of a mouth that once would never utter a song of praise. And in this healing, the fog begins to lift. We feel a gladdening of our heart, the strengthening of hearts and hands, the increasing of our faith, the overflow of joy within us as we experience the abundance of the presence of Christ. And then in turn, we get to share that with someone else. We pass it on to somebody else's hands. The last verse in the scripture says this. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is our future in Christ. That is a picture of the last thing. The worst thing. Never that last thing when joy shall rest upon all of our heads. No more tears, no more sorrow, suffering, pain, loss, grief, all gone. And so until then, we take turns with one another as a community. We take turns with one another in sharing each other's joy, strengthening one another's hands. Because that will sustain us, that will heal us, that will bind us together. In just a minute, we're going to close with a carol, Joy to the World. Some of us can sing it today with our hearts beating fast, belting out all the words, feeling every bit of it in our bones. And some cannot. And that is okay. If you can, sing it with all you've got. And if you cannot, let us strengthen your hands by offering this prayer, this song of praise, alongside you. For this kind of joy sharing is very different than Marie Kondo's. She says, hold an object in your hand, see if it sparks joy. But for us, we hold one another's hands and we pass joy along. Amen. Will you stand?
so, dear friends, as we leave our time of worship together today, know that as a community, we experience joy in and out of season with one another, holding on to one another, strengthening one another's hands, healing one another's hearts with Christ at the very center of it all. Amen? So go now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen.